This is Michigan's retirement coach, Mike Douglas. And I'm Heather Branch here with Mike talking about the things you can be working on now in effort to better prepare for your financial future. LifePlanWealth.com is where you can go to begin your own conversation with Mike and the entire team. Again, that's LifePlanWealth.com. All right. Truth time. As a man of four children. Yeah. How often does food hit the floor in the kitchen or basically anywhere in the house? So, so we have kind of funny conversations about the five second rule because there are places where it applies and places where it doesn't. Mm-hmm. When we, you know, we'll be somewhere. I'm like, hey, no, hey, no five second, no five second. And they know that means this floor is dirty <laughs> and you can't do that. Right. But like if we're, you know, and this is kind of I know we're country a little bit, but like if we're outside playing mm-hmm. and my kid drops, you know, their sandwich on the ground and they pick it up real quick and be like, yeah, just blow it off or wipe it off and eat it, you know, um, and <laughs> go drink from and, and go drink from the hose, you right. know, like right. those type of things. Good. But yet if we're, you know, at a hotel and you're in the lobby Gross. and and you drop a fruit snack on the ground, I'm like, that's going in the trash because there's no five second here. So but- restaurants, public places, there is no five second rule in our family. However, in the comfort of our home, there's some five second rule. And is there also not something to be said for the idea of by the time you get to the third and fourth child, like you'll look over and they'll have something in their mouth and you're like, I don't even know what that is. Like we didn't buy that. Like, what Oh, they're I- living completely different childhoods <laughs> than my first two kids. Yeah. There, Nate Bargatze has a great, and I we always go back to Nate Bargatze. Uh-huh. Life revol- his new um, special, he talks about the difference in the first versus the second and third kids. Yep. And he says the first kid's born basically into a third world, yep. like where they have, there's no money, you're not prepared, you don't even know how that kid got there, yeah. um, and all these things. And then the third kid is born to like a rich family um, with wealth, and he goes, that third kid is born into a home that has a second story. That's a home on top of a home, uh-huh. you know? <laughs> so, uh-huh. And we laugh, we're like, it's pretty true, though. It's like the, I always joke that Gavin, my firstborn, is on the front end of our risk bell curve. Uh-huh. Everything he does, he's a pioneer, which means the first time we let him play in a three-on-three tournament for basketball and we weren't there, that was huge. It was the exactly. first time he's ever – now, granted, I was literally a block away teaching at a basketball camp, and he was in a tournament at a, like a block down the street. Yeah. But he still had to wear a um, an Apple Watch that I could get a hold of him uh-huh. with. He had to check in with me uh-huh. and his mom. Yep. I had to go run back and forth, driving back and forth because yep. nobody could bring him back over. He's on the front end and he slept in his own bed, like all these really strict rules. <laughs> and he was basically raised. He probably thinks I'm in the military, you know? And then, uh, my daughter, as uh, Nate Bargatze would say, she was born to her best friends, you know, where she, <laughs> she's yep. like, she's like, why would I sleep in my own bed, dad? I mean, I can sleep in your bed. I'm like, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. You make good points, and I'm not going to fight about it. Yep. So, that's right. Yeah, the risk bell curve has definitely shifted quite a bit. Especially by the time the fourth child rolls around. So yeah. I am sure that she has been much more exposed to bending of the five-second rule. She makes uh, her own her own. She rules. makes her own rules. <laughs> She's like, 25-second rule, still good. And it's still the only she... girl, the three boys and right? then the girl. Yeah, she lives. It's yeah, her she... world. Y'all are just living in it. Exactly. Um, okay, well, let's talk about rules in life as we follow them, because the five-second rule, apparently, alive and well this new Hold survey on, did we talk about the fact that 40 percent of americans yes. will eat things off the floor that's what i was just gonna say this survey yeah. shows that we're not alone your children are actually doing just fine 40 percent of americans will eat things off the floor as long as they can pick it up immediately and on average, average four, four times, times a month i know you yeah. know what it's good for the immune system 
Yeah. Yeah, That's all we're doing. Being strong. We're We're being strong. We're just building up our immunity. It's good for us. Absolutely. Uh, But. (laughs) Have you seen. Sorry. Remember in The Office. I don't know if you've ever seen that episode where Dwight Schrute goes on a rant and he goes, I think we should be putting in hand desanitizing stations. That way we can build up our immune systems. (laughs) And I'm like, just the visual of that, you know. Oh, no, gosh. uh, What would it look like? No. No. Let's not get on that road. Let's not get. I don't want to get on that road. That's not what we're here for. We're here to talk about money and ways to be better stewards of it. That's right. Right. Yes. Stay in your lane, Mike Douglas. Yes. Mind uh, your business. Mind your business. <laughs> Thinking about the rules that are so commonly applied or maybe not applied or maybe not applied appropriately when it comes to our financial and retirement planning. An old school rule. Yeah. The 4% rule is one that has floated around for a long time. I mean, I think it was invented Back in the 90s. 1995. So let's talk about the 4% rule, how it still does or does not apply. And are you a believer in the approach? If not, how do you figure out how we should do withdrawal rates, etc.? Please, sir, you have the floor. So the rule of 4%, again, it came out in 1995. There was a economist who kind of created it. And as he went through the conversation, he says, based on fixed rates, based on inflation, based on treasury rates, Mm -hmm. you should be able to expect if you take out 4% of your account, your money should last you 30 years. Okay. That was the rule. So if you have $100,000, you can pull out four grand a year. And over the course, and we would normally think, well, wouldn't that last you 25 years? But with the interest earned on the money that's still in the account, it should last you about 30 years. Okay. And that was the rule. And when it came out, it was pretty successful. It had a pretty high success rate, you know, and it did a good job. But as... Interest rates have changed as inflation has gotten out of control, Mm -hmm. as a lot of stuff happens, and also incomes have gone up quite a bit. And so that's another thing. So people are living on a much higher income across the board. And so as a result, now your money has to stretch further to live the same lifestyle. Mm -hmm. There's been a lot of shifts where the success rate has changed. I believe when it first came out, the success rate of the rule of 4% was like a 98% success rate in a Monte Carlo simulation, which is pretty good. That's, That's real, real solid. Got it. Today, and again, this isn't my my reporting. I try to always use third-party sources. And so I know that uh, Morningstar, Yahoo Finance, um, they both did. I believe Forbes did too. But they did independent research on it. And they said, no, you can't do a 4% draw and make it last 30 years. It's more like 3 to 3.5% three mm-hmm. to guarantee that it'll make it another 30 years. Okay. But yet your lifestyle would tend to require a 5% withdrawal based on the fact that people are not having as much savings against their desired income level, Hmm. that now they actually want to live on 5%, but the rule says you should be closer to 3 or 3.5%. Yeah, yeah. So how does that matter? You know, when we say $100,000, and that means, all right, rather than $5,000 a year, I should pull out $3,000 a year, which doesn't seem like that much. However, if you have a million dollars, you want $50,000 to live off of, but you can only take $30,000 to live off of. If you're using that rule, that's one issue with okay. it. Okay, yep. The next issue is a thing called sequence of returns risk. Sequence of returns is when do you earn and when do you lose in the market and does it matter? So if you are not making withdrawals out of your account, if the money's just staying in there and growing, it doesn't matter when you win or lose as long as you stay in the game. If you are withdrawing money from your accounts and the market's crashing, it has a negative compound effect. Mm -hmm. So for example, if you are taking out 
the fifty thousand dollars a year off of a million. Mm-hmm. So you have a million dollars, you're pulling out five percent, and so you're going to take that out and you're going to live off fifty grand. Well, then what happens is, let's say the market's flat. So you take out fifty grand, you're down to nine hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and the market didn't earn anything, so you're at nine hundred fifty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Well, next year, when you go to take out 5%, 5% of $950,000 is 47500 dollars Right. So now, if I want the same income, I have to take out a little bit more. I have to take out about 5.2%. Yep. Or I have to take a pay cut. That's one element. The next thing is, what if the market drops 10% that year? So my $950,000 loses $95,000. So now I'm down to eight hundred and fifty-five thousand, but I still pulled out fifty grand to live off of. Mm -hmm. Now I'm down to eight hundred thousand dollars and eight hundred and five thousand. So the market lost, and it lost ten, but because of my draw, it's really down about sixteen percent this year. Jeez. And now I'm at eight hundred thousand dollars. Right. Well, next year I still want fifty grand. Like that's part of what I need to live off of. So now I pull out fifty thousand dollars. Now if the market goes up, it can recover it. If the market drops again another 5%, it loses $40,000. I take out 50, I'm down $90,000. Most years, the market goes up, but that's the element of sequence of returns risk. When you draw money out, if the market's negative, how does it affect it? Well, I either have to take out a higher percentage or take out less income. That is the nature of it. It's a spreadsheet. It's not an opinion. It's a fact that if the market's down and I want to take out a percentage to live on the same amount, I have to take out more. Or I have to take less income, but the same percentage. So that's what's called sequence of returns risk. So really what we're talking about is the effect of the market on your income and your portfolio. So I like the market as an element of growth. I like it as an element of planning. And I think it's a great thing. But we just need to understand that the rule of 4% is built around weathering the storm and being consistent. Now, remember, think about the mid-90s. I mean, in the 90s, you could throw a dart at a dartboard and get 12% a mutual fund. It was easy to be a financial advisor and to come up with great income strategies in the mid-90s. The volatility we've had in the past several years, even inside this historic bull run we've had, the last five years has had an unprecedented amount of 10% drops. Hmm. As we look at how to build a plan out, we have to understand that the market's going to be increasingly volatile moving forward. It's going to be increasingly causing us good ups and bad downs. And building a plan around that can't just be set it and forget it 4% from here on out. It just doesn't work consistently enough. And imagine you're at the airport and you get on a plane. And as you're on the plane, the flight attendant comes on and says, you guys are flying an unbelievable plane. This thing came out in 1995. And when it came out in 1995, it had the best technology. It had the best training. It had the best safety equipment. Everything was top notch. Now, we haven't changed anything in it, and I know that now it's 2023, but we still have really good, strong dial-up internet for you for 28.8 kilobytes per second. You can get on your AOL accounts, and you can chat. You can you know, use this phone that's corded, and you can call from there. You can do all these things, but just so you know, rather than the 100% or 98% success rate of landing this plane, Today, you have about a 50% success rate of landing this plane. There's no way we're okay with that. Got it. Yeah. There's no way I'm going to get on a plane that they say has a 50% success rate. <laughs> but yet, when you look at those Morningstar reports, they say that 
the rule of 4% has about a 50% success rate now. So why in the world would I trust my retirement plan to it? I wouldn't get on a plane that has a 50% success rate. But wait, in 1995, it was awesome. Great. Right. I don't care about 95. I care about 2023. I care about right now where we are. This year, what is the success rate of that plane? It's not very good. Well, then we're not going on it. Financially speaking, the rule of 4% is the same thing. Using an old rule is like using old internet or old technology. It's outdated and it doesn't work. It doesn't mean we don't want to learn from it. It means we need to improve on it and either evolve it or have a revolution with it. We either need to completely move away from it or make it current. So that's why we have these conversations about how to make sure your retirement plan is current, it's built to withstand what's going on, mm -hmm. and that the rules you're using apply to this situation. Just like that five-second rule, mm -hmm. it doesn't apply everywhere we live. Right. It only applies certain places. Right, right. Well, in the same way, some old financial principles are really solid and they need to stay. But where we are today, we don't use that rule. And that's what we're talking about. We have these conversations on, on our website, lifeplanwealth.com. If people go log on and they click the button that says start your retirement roadmap today, if you click on that link, it sends us a, a message and we get back out to you and we have conversation. We have coffee and we talk and say, let's talk about your retirement. Let's talk about the rules you want to use and the planning you want to use and make sure that it's accurate, that, that it fits who you are. Now, we all know some people who probably would let their kids eat off the floor anywhere and some who would never let their kids eat off the floor. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that's, hey, that's their family. They should do what they need to do for their family mm -hmm. and just keep good insurance. But <laughs> but every family's different, you know? Just like we talk about every kid's different, right? The first yeah. kid, they couldn't even look at the floor. Right. Like, we had to get rid of all of our carpet because we had a newborn. Mm -hmm. You know, we couldn't possibly have it. Now it's like, listen, just sleep on the floor. You don't need a bed. <laughs> You know, um, and so that's how it goes. Each family, each kid, each individual decision is unique. And so to use generic rules like a oh, rule of 4%, you should be fine. I'm not looking for my retirement to should be fine. I'm looking that it will be fine. And so having these conversations, click on the button that says start your retirement roadmap today and we'll talk and we'll hear your story and help you make sure that you're on pace for where you want to go. Again, that website, lifeplanwealth.com. We also have links included in the show notes. You can just click on the links there and I'll take you to the same website. All right. So then thinking about this thought process, this how-to, this what we need to be considering now, where we are, not the 90s anymore. I feel as though probably when it comes to determining a withdrawal rate, that is very specific and dependent upon each individual and what they're showing up to retirement with, if they have a pension or not, when their social security strategy is different, how much they have to save in 401ks, right? It's different for everybody, I'm yeah. assuming. I love when we do education things or we yeah. do TV or even the podcast and people call in and they say, hey, when should I take social security? And that's the only information. Like we have no information. Right. We have no backstory. Right. And I say, that's not enough. And right. they go, wait a minute, right. how is that not enough? I say, how am I supposed to know when you should take Social Security if I don't know your finances? You know, it's a complicated answer to what should be. It's kind of a loaded question. Right. But yet they say, well, when should I take it? Do you have a pension? Well, I have options. Do I take a pension or a lump sum? <laughs> right. I don't know. Right. Do you have any other savings? Well, yeah, I, have yeah. A, I don't want to, I don't want to tell you that. That's not, right. you know, mind, mind your business, right? right? Like you don't need to worry about that. <laughs> right. I say, but I can't coach one player on your basketball team and hope the whole team wins. That's right. You have to look at the whole picture. And when we go through that, that's the one of the things people talk about. Well, how does this market or should that rule apply to me? We go through and we look at it and say across the board, each decision affects the others. Right. Well, should I take Social Security at 62? I had someone just the other day as we sat down, I said, they said, well, I plan on taking Social Security at 62 because I just can't see not collecting that check from the government. Mm -hmm. And as I walked through it with them, I said, yeah, but let's talk about it. your guys' earnings. As a couple, you are earning a good chunk. And- as you talk about that, 
you are earning so far above the income limit that's imposed on people taking Social Security at 62 mm-hmm. that you won't even get it. They're going to withhold for every $2 over that limit, which is $21,000 basically right now. Mm-hmm. For every $2 over, they withhold a dollar of Social Security. So with your guys' income, you're going to be turning it on and not even getting it. You might as well wait and let it grow by 8% a year. But I couldn't know that without knowing their income and knowing their expenses and knowing when they plan on retire. Mm-hmm. So you have to have the answers to all the other questions. Anybody who can give you a one-off answer that affects the rest of your life quickly is probably not thinking about your best interest or thinking about their own. So it's a conversation. That's why we always go back to that, right? Right. Not come in and ask the question, but start the conversation because there's questions you know to ask and there's a lot of questions you don't know to ask. And then when I tell people, hey, maybe you shouldn't take Social Security at 62, There's no way I'm letting the government hold my money any longer. I completely agree. However, if you do this, we can argue about the government. We can argue about the rules, whether they're fair or not. But right now, that's the rules of the game we play. And we just want to win. I want to do what makes most sense. What winning is for my family is different than your family and somebody else. So we want to make sure that it fits for who we are and not using, again, just some rule or some plan for somebody else to build around our life. Lifeplanwealth.com is where you can go click on the start your retirement roadmap today button right there at the top of the page and begin the conversation with Mike and his team because when it comes to figuring out your withdrawal rates your social security strategies everything else that's involved with your retirement plan there are so many factors it can get very confusing very quickly but Mike and his team are here to help simplify that process we also have links posted in the show notes you can click there Or again, just visit us anytime, lifeplanwealth.com. Thanks for listening to Michigan's Retirement Coach with Mike Douglas. To learn more, visit lifeplanwealth.com. Michael Douglas is an investment advisor representative of Stewards Wealth Planning, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if Michael Douglas is licensed in your state, please call 517-323-7526. Stewards Wealth Planning, LLC is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Michael B. Douglas, NP. And number nine six five zero nine three nine.